0: Great. Well, good evening, everybody. Um, It's my absolute pleasure that I get to speak uh, tonight. There's a lot of fun in the room, a lot of energy. Hopefully I can kind of absorb some of that and I can stay warm. It's a little bit cold in here, I'm not going to lie. But it's It was approximately seven months ago that I was standing on this stage preaching uh, for the last time in this building. It was our last service before lockdown. Does anybody remember that? Was anybody here on that last service before lockdown? A few people were here. Um, And, you know, I had the privilege of talking about how the perfect love casts out fear. And at the time, there was quite a lot of fear going around. We, um, the sort of general feeling was we had no idea what was going to happen with coronavirus. We had no idea what the lockdown was going to be like. Um, and we, we basically, were, there was a sort of sense of, of worry, and almost rightly so, that we would a bit be afraid of what might happen. But I think we've kind of got used to, the situation to some extent, the uh, the sort of crisis that we're a part of. It, we're, we're seven months down the line now, and the questions that we're asking ourselves now are a little bit different. I think the questions that we're asking at the moment is, how are we going to keep going in this? How will we persevere as the lockdown restrictions start to tighten again? And also, when will this end? When will it end? Um, and I don't know about you, but over the last few weeks, I've had quite a few moments where I've just thought, I am so done with coronavirus. I am so frustrated by all of the things that are going on that I can't control. And you know, I'm involved in student work here at St. Nick's and we can't just get to know people easily. We have to sort of arrange to meet people in sixes and it's all really complicated. And you know what, I just, threw my toys out at the pram a few times and just thought, I'm fed up with this, all, the whole thing. And I think, I don't know if any of you are feeling that way here. Um, I saw on Facebook was an image that, I saw that might hopefully will come up on the screen. Um, I saw this on Facebook the other day, and it, it said, let's run away to a beach, listen to the waves, and forget that 2020 ever happened. Who wants to join me? And 50,000 other people said, yeah, I'll join you um, on the beach. Uh, and, and I just thought, that is sort of where we're at right now. It's like, we just want to escape. We're done with this. And a few weeks ago, um, there was, a, there was a, tweet, a, few, a series of tweets that went viral um, by a, a professor of political science who'd worked in sort of conflict zones. And, and basically, her message was: just keep going. This is what happens after six months in a crisis. Um, just persevere. You will feel a bit of a drop in your sort of uh, in yourself. It's normal for us to feel tired and frustrated at this time of uh, this, after this much time in a crisis. And with no vaccines in sight, um, sort of, you know, I I swear someone promised that we'd have them in November. Uh, I can't remember who that was. Um, But there was, and with so much suffering around us, unemployment, um, and the effect on our mental health amidst what already was a mental health um, epidemic, and the potential of some lockdown restrictions over christmas it's enough to say where on earth does our help come from where does our hope come from and i want to talk today about how even though there is so much around us that can cause us to be disheartened that we have a sure and certain hope in jesus And we're going to go to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. If you want to get out your Bibles or just follow along, I'm going to read it to us. So Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Now you might know a little something about the church in Rome when this letter was written. And you might know that it was a place where Christians were persecuted. Uh, Christians were treated really badly. Paul himself was imprisoned and tortured and Christians were being martyred. And Paul is writing to the Romans and he wants to address this topic of suffering and persecution. that, That poor community were trying to deal with what they saw around them. And what he does is he frames this conversation about suffering and about their situation within the wider subject of Jesus' love, Jesus' redemption, and the reconciliation of all things through his blood and sacrifice for us and i 'm not going to talk too much about suffering, um Toby spoke really well on suffering in the summer. if you want to check it out on YouTube in May, I would really I'd go and find it. It was a great talk um, well done toby um and I, but I do want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that has been on my heart around hope in this time and over. Over the last week, I've had a bit of a strange week, um, and I've got a bit of a confession. Um, I, it's been a hard week to some extent. And I, I, last, so last Saturday, I was ordained as a priest. Um, if anybody knows anything about that, um, which was very fun, with Laura in the cathedral, um, and we had a great time. And um, so that was a, a real high. And uh, Katie and I were expecting a baby in a few weeks' time, so that's a real high. And there was so much. Uh, there was so much. Sort of, I was really excited about preaching about hope. And um, I'm going to be honest, this, this week has been really, really tough. On um, on Wednesday, um, we, uh, we woke up and we found out some news about a friend of ours who um, we lived in Sheffield with, um, who sadly died um, in a car crash on Monday, along with three of her children. And she, she left our friend Josh and their youngest uh, 18-month-old baby. Um, they survived and they're in hospital. Um, and... On Wednesday morning I we we read the news on Facebook. Someone posted on, on her wall and and, and we, we wept and we cried and we it was really, really hard to then think I've gotta go and write a sermon on hope when this awful, awful thing has happened. And you you might have seen in the news um uh, this crash that happened, and and Zoe, our friend, she was an amazing, amazing woman of God, and she and her and Josh really encouraged us when we were in Sheffield, and and they've spent uh, they've spent their sort of uh, lives. And um, Zoe was sort of a bit of an influencer on, online. She's sort of created some amazing things which encourage people in faith, and and I just thought, how how can it be that this awful thing has happened, and. And we were we were just sort of in in tears on, on Wednesday morning and we just thought and we just had this moment where we just thought we've got to pray. We've got to, we've got to pray for Josh, we've got to pray for Penny and've we've got, we've got to ask God why? We've got to ask God, what is this about? And the, my question is how do we find hope not only during coronavirus, but how do we find hope when there's just tragedy and awful things? Around us. And I think there's something in what Paul says here where he, he encourages the Romans to foc- uh, the, the church in Rome, sorry, to focus on Jesus. He says that we have peace with God through Jesus. We've been justified through faith. He says, think of this truth and put your suffering in light of that truth. In Colossians uh, chapter 1 verse 20, it says, Jesus reconciled all things to himself. It's not just about our sort of personal salvation, but it's also about the salvation of the world. All things will be reconciled. He will make all things new. There will be new life for all things. And when we put our suffering, our challenges, in light of that bigger picture, it doesn't make them go away, it doesn't say that they are unimportant, and it doesn't make them any smaller, but what it does do is it gives us something of a hope, of a future, of a hope, of a different time, a time when there'll be no tears, there'll be no pain, no suffering, is what we read in Revelation. You know, it's it's actually, it, it could have been, that, and I think it probably was for the Roman church, that other people around them were saying, well, if you are saved, if you're the ones that Jesus cares about, because you're, you're talking about Jesus, you know, being your savior, why is he not saving you from this persecution? Why is it that all this bad stuff is happening to you? And I think Quite often we can feel like that in our age. We can think, well, if we're Christians, surely this bad stuff shouldn't be happening. And, and there's a, there's a, some fancy theological words for it. But it can be a really damaging thing sometimes to, to worry uh, about that. And it can actually really hurt our faith. But at the same time, I actually think that Faith gives us a hope in these situations. If we don't have faith, then what What do we do in these in these suffering times? We've got no one to turn to, nothing to give us hope. There's just nothing out there. It's random. It's painful, and there's nothing you can do about it. I remember I, when I was at, at uni, um, I was doing my dissertation, um, and my, my personality type is one of Uh, let's just say um, things that happen later towards the deadline happen much better than those things that are a long time before the deadline. Um, And so when it came to my dissertation, which is 12,000 words, I think, um, it was about four weeks before it was due in. And I think I'd I'd done a lot of reading, is what I'd said, um, but I'd barely written anything. And I'd got to this point of just despair, of absolute despair. And I thought, what am I going to do? What can possibly... I, you know, I'm going to fail. I'm actually going to fail. And I'm going to have to drop out of uni. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but there's no way I'm going to carry on in the, in the sort of the things that I thought I was being called to. And, and I was like literally in tears because I had so much to do in so little time. And I remember just God speaking to me. And I just felt like he was saying to me, I wouldn't have brought you this far just to surrender you, just to leave you. I'm with you. I'm going to, I'm going to care for you. I'm going to provide for you. sometimes when we see that bigger picture of jesus it really helps us to think you know what, what it helps us to put the thing that might just feel like it's everything in a in a sort of bigger perspective and and with our friends um when we were crying on wednesday morning and praying we we just we just clung to that truth of the resurrection that we will see them again in glory and the things that The things that we hope for, for them, even though they can't happen in this world, there will be a time when all things are reborn and we will see them again. And I just love that verse, and we sang it in the song earlier. It's sort of, where, O death is your victory? Where, O death is your sting? You know, in those moments when you can't see the bigger picture, sometimes we just have to ask God, give us a sense of what it is. And, and I think sometimes we can, that victory that Jesus has is, is, is sometimes hard to see it, but we can see it in Scripture. So find perspective, choose to see Jesus. And um, another thing that I think Paul is compelling us to do and compelling the, the church in Rome as well was um, to find joy um, in the hope of the glory of our God. He, he, the way he puts it is in verse 2, he says, and we boast in the hope of the glory of our God. We boast, we brag about it, sort of. We, we say this is a thing that we're pleased about. Another translation says, "We find joy in the hope of the glory of our God." We can find joy that this suffering won't last forever. God is working towards the reconciliation of all things. And sometimes I think I wish that to joy was like a, a doing word. It's like it's to to sort of to revel in something, and to sort of look for look for signs of hope in things, things to boast in, and. It's in that bigger picture, but it's also in the small things. And it's amazing that we're celebrating today. We're, enju- we're, just, we're, look- we're just saying, yes, I'm going to take joy from all that God has done. Even though we've been locked down, we've been online, we've been meeting, you know, we've been meeting in our homes, um, God has been on the move and despite all of that and through all of that, should I say. And I think looking for things to joy in, to find joy in, gives us a message to share. It gives us something that we can cling to. There is still hope. There is good stuff. I know that for for me I'm a bit sometimes I can get a little bit cynical, or I can get a little bit sort of, oh gosh, the numbers are going up, and I can just start to focus on all the bad things, you know, how useless certain people are and and how how other how other things are just not going the way they should. But then actually there is so much that I think we can do to bring hope in this season by looking for the good things, for celebrating the good things amidst all the all the suffering and the bad things. And I know for that church that was being persecuted, they, yes, they looked to the resurrection. They looked to the, the, the sort of end times when they, they wouldn't be suffering. They wouldn't be persecuted. But they also knew that Jesus was in their midst. They saw the good things going on in their lives. And, but, you know, seeing Jesus and the looking at the good things doesn't mean that we ignore the bad things it doesn't mean that we pretend they don't exist but it does help us know that god is working and that we can persevere we can get through this he is with us in our suffering in our in our struggles we choose to see the good And I love the other thing that Paul um, speaks of in in this passage where, um, and it's just a great little verse, I'm going to read it. In verse 3 it says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. So how does perseverance lead to character? How does suffering lead to perseverance? Well, I think sometimes when there is so much about us that we just can't control, and there's so much going on that is so awful, we learn to rely on God as the one thing that is ever present in our lives and won't let us down. You know, it's 100% true that God doesn't cause suffering. And and in hard times, he doesn't cause them either, but he will use them For good. He will use them to teach us, to grow us. And when we persevere in something and we endure hardships and struggles, it grows our character, it grows who we are. Because we learn to rely on God. We learn to draw close to him. It's kind of like our faith becomes like battle fought. We've gone through those tough times. We fought those battles and our faith is made stronger. So when we come out the other end, we say, do you remember that time when we were in lockdown and we didn't see each other for months? Do you remember that day when we got back into the building? Wasn't it amazing? And we start to cherish the good things and we start to see the good things and we say, yes, my faith has grown even though it's been hard. And your faith becomes a faith not based on everything going right, but actually a faith based purely on the love of Jesus. And so this evening as we as I sort of draw us into land, I'd just encourage you Set your eyes on Jesus in this season. Put the things that you're going through in that wider perspective. Look for the good things that are going on in your life, in this city, in this church. And then persevere. Persevere. Keep going. Because God will grow you. He'll grow your faith. He'll teach you to rely on him. And he'll be with you in those hard times, in those hard places. And once, we've, once we're in that position where we are suffering alongside everybody else and we're testifying to the good things, we can become hope bringers. We can become people who, who stand out because we're not the cynics and we're not the people who are complaining all the time. I mean, I am a little bit sometimes, sorry. Um, but we're the people who say there is hope. There is a hope. We've got something to say to the world in this season. So just as we end, remember that God is with you in all of the sufferings that you see around you, the things that are happening to you. Persevere in him, and he will draw near to you. He'll encourage you, and he'll grow you in faith. Amen.